0: This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are happy to have you along with us for a wonderful wine week. Yes, it is. And guess what? What? We're doing wines to go with that St. Patrick's Day feast. And I'm surprised you didn't bring wine before I like do for Thanksgiving, but that's okay. I've got one. You've got one. What wine are you doing, Josh? So I have brought, true to my word... I brought a Gruner Veltliner from Nikola Hof Winery in Austria. Okay. And then what about you? And I have the Ron Rubin Pinot Noir, and it's from Russian Valley AVA. Oh, uh, okay. And I did some food for us. Yeah, you know? because so, as a reminder, since we're doing St. Patrick's Day, Dad did all the food, and we did it kind of like we do Thanksgiving, where all the food is pairing with all the wines. We don't have specific ones to go with each wine this week. That's right. And we got a lot. And so, it's got, you know, I always, have, I always have trouble when there's only three on the plate. But there's more than three going. well, there's more than three on one of the plates. Anyway, I've got corn, beef, and cabbage. I've got potatoes. I've got carrots. I've got soda bread. I've got the Reuben sandwich. I've got the Irish cheddar and the Dublin stout cheese. All so, right. We got two cheeses. Oh, and you know how, Ruben, there's a third cheese. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, here we go, Josh. Cheers. All right. Well, let's start with mine. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. So, mine is the Nikola Hoff Gruner Veltliner. So, Gruner Veltliner is a white grape. So, this is a white wine that we have to go with all this wonderful food. Now, it's about the same color as the cabbage, so that might be best <laughs> on plate. I don't know. Uh, it might be. It might not. <laughs> it won't be for you. <laughs> right. But, anyway, it, when we move into these wines, so wine is not typically done. Are we going to talk about a blind, Josh? That was a blind a couple weeks ago. Oh. Yeah, I knew something felt wrong. As we just dived right in, I was like, we're missing something. What are we missing? All right, so two weeks ago. It was liquor like, week. It was liquor week, and we did a blind, and I I called it a rye whiskey. Yeah, you worked right through that. I don't think you ever said it was a scotch, or you ever... I can't really remember. I mean, you narrowed it down, and at one point, I think you, you might have said cognac, and then you noticed those... Spicy notes. And then at the end, you go, "Mm, Dad, clunk. There goes the ice. Well, yeah, no, I was about to, I was just sitting there drinking it and I saw ice and I was like, I'm going to put ice in this. It'll make it taste better. And then I was like, wait a minute. I only do that with rye whiskey. Yeah. And I put ice in mine earlier. So that could have been a dead giveaway, but it was a dead giveaway because it was Sazerac rye whiskey. All right, so I nailed it pretty much right on the I tried to get you to say what it was, but you said, no, i got to know what you're, what's in your <laughs> cabinet, and it's <just> like, okay. <laughs> and, I mean, I also don't, like, I'm not very good at going down to specific producers when it comes to liquors. There's very few of them. Right. But it's usually a liqueur. Right right now we can go with your wine josh start oh. over on your wine okay it's a gruner <laughs> gruner veltliner gruner veltliner gruner veltliner from nikola hoff now nikola hoff does wines out of austria gruner veltliner is a traditional grape of austria it is a white grape in it's kind of also on kind of more the aromatic side of grapes, so you're going to find probably a lot of floral, florality to this wine. It might be still be a little cold in this, but it's very, very delicious, I think. <laughs> it's supposed to be served cold, right? Yes, but here's the thing. It's been in a iced cooler all day, so oh. it might just be too cold. Oh, well. You know, in the U.S., you know, Okay. We usually drink our reds a little too warm and our whites a little too cold. So my red came out of the refrigerator about an hour ago. <laughs> and it might be closer to temperature, you know, right. closer I to think cellar uh, temperature. I think it's about All right. Now yours is definitely colder than mine. Well, <laughs> it's as it should be. Yes, but, but I think it's a little colder than it should be. Well, and that's why I say that is because one of the things that happens when you get a beverage cold and just cold things in general, it's harder to smell. Mm-hmm. They don't put off as much aroma. But I am getting some really good fruit notes. hmm And apricot, peach, maybe something like those tree fruits. Well, I, you just nose it and tasted it. What are you getting? I get a lot of the same stuff you're talking about, those okay. tree fruits me it's a lot of pear okay it's a good amount of acidity on this wine yes makes my mouth water yes and wants to just keep going back to it oh i'm finished you have any more <laughs> <laughs> so the nikola hoff in Wachau. so in austria the the region that this comes from is Wachau. a lot of you may see it and say wackow but you know, in the Austrian and Germanic languages, the W is pronounced as a V. So, that's why it's Vackal. Mm-hmm. And they have been dating back. Their family's been doing wine all the way back for 2,000 plus years. Okay. Back, my, back in the Roman Empire. You know, they f- considered this area where they were to be a Celtic site or a, like a celtic holy site back in the 800 BCE. So they they've been they've been making wine around here for a long long time, okay? And the current family that acquired the land got it in the 60s and since the mid 70s They've taken out a lot of chemicals, and they're doing biodynamic farming practices. Oh, okay. So this is a biodynamic wine, and it's one of the longest biodynamic practicing wineries in the world. Oh. So. But you said they didn't start until, like, the 60s. They didn't start biodynamic until the 70s. Biodynamic didn't come come a thing until the 60s. Until the, like, the 40s. Well, until the 50s. Okay. So. That, That makes them the longest, though. Well, they, yeah they're one of the longest. And so they have a great, great process going on. You know, they also are a farm. The family runs a farm, so they have all different kinds of uh, types of fruits and herbs and flowers that and bees that are around their vineyard. so it kind of adds to the depth that we get from the estate as well. They use large natural fermentation here, and they use large Austrian oak vats. Oh. And so... I don't recognize that, but yeah. That's more of a natural oak? Well, it's going to be neutral because they are, you know... Large vats. (laughs) They're large and they're very old, old vats. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the cellar that they're using is 700 years old. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) So there's a lot of history... And you know, just long-standing care about the earth and care about the wine practices, and I think it's really cool that you know, back in the eighteen hundred BCE, and we're talking about Saint Patrick's Day, that this was a Celtic holy site. Oh, okay. Back, back in the in the eight hundreds BCE. So. Wow. Uh, they only produce 30, 35% of what they produce is Gruner Veltliner. They mostly produce Riesling, which is really, really good. Very, yeah, very a, good it's Riesling. It's a little dry, non-sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it Yeah, is what they expect. Very good. Uh, this is, So I've been over here snacking and you know, right out the bat, right out the get-go, I said, well, maybe that cabbage is going to work. It's, um, uh, the cabbage is, okay, here's what happened. You know, when you buy A corned beef to cook, you know, it's not been cooked yet. You get the little seasoning package. Well, I just got, you know, Edwards to cut me off some slices, and then I got the cabbage, and I got the carrots, and the potatoes, and I made my own seasoning. Well, I didn't really know. I went on the internet, got, you know, a recipe, and it's a good recipe, but it didn't really flavor and I didn't cook it that long cuz I didn't have to but I didn't cook it that long I didn't have the seasonings and so that cabbage is a little bit blah so maybe you could eat it no <laughs> <laughs> no but but that blahness even of that cabbage mates pretty well with this wine mm-hmm. I think if I'd had you know the regular seasoning package that has you know, anise, and sometimes they put allspice, I think, and the peppercorns and the and the clove and all those other things. That might have overpowered to the wine. So, right now, you know, that cabbage is right there. It's, it's doing well. Even though the cabbage had no flavor? Even, no, I didn't say it had no flavor. It's just blah compared to what it would have been. Oh, okay. Okay. And... The wine, you know, we didn't want to have too much spice to go with this wine, or the wine would have been overpowered. So the wine was not overpowered, and in fact, the wine complemented that cabbage. Okay. Where I think otherwise it would have just overpowered it. Hmm. And then I tried the uh, Irish cheddar, and it's really good too. It's better. So the Irish cheddar cheese with this wine, went very well. Okay, good. Have you tried anything? So, I've had both the cheeses. I'm guessing this is the stout? The one that's in a sort of a this is the stout mm-hmm. cheese? Mm-hmm. Yes. It, its texture was really powdery. Mm-hmm. And so, it dissipated really quickly when I got to the wine. And didn't quite go that great. But you're right, the cheddar, the Irish cheddar, would, the regular cheddar was a lot better, you know, that bite that you get with the cheddar works really well with them. The acidity of the wine makes it kind of a little bit uh gives it a little bit more of the depth of flavor. Mhm. Well, that's all I've had so far. Okay. And those two cheeses. Yeah. So what do you uh what do you think about the idea of wine at a St. Patrick's Day dinner? Nothing wrong with it. I mean, we said Eat what you like, drink what you like. And in fact, last year when we went to the, I don't know if I said this last week, but last year when we went to the party, Joanne and um uh, might have been Sherry and might have been Sherry and uh, Roberta who was at the party, all of a sudden they came back and they was, this wine's empty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they were enjoying the wine, you know. We hadn't really started eating, but that doesn't matter. I mean, you're at the party, you're at St. Patrick's Day party, and, you know, I'm over here drinking Guinness yeah. without any food. So, you know, what's wrong with wine? Well, and I'm I'm kind of thinking it's more like at the dinner itself. I mean, traditionally, we, you drink beer, you drink whiskey. But, but I think we're going to find that these two wines are going to go well with this food that we got. Yeah. So let's not, you know, and I think, I'm hoping my Pinot more will really go well with, with the corned beef. Okay. That's the plan. So, you know, I'll let you, I'll talk a little bit more so you can eat and try a little bit more things. You know, Grinder Veltliner has been around for a long, long time. It is traditionally grown in the, I guess you could call it Eastern, Eastern Europe. Eastern European areas. So it is very well known that it comes from Austria, but it also comes from Hungary, Slovakia, Mm -hmm. and the Czech Republic. And they do some really good stuff with it as well. It's a little bit of a cooler climate, great? Mm -hmm. You know, so this is in the eastern. So Wackau, the area where this is grown, is in the eastern part of Austria. So if you think of Austria as like, a fist with a finger pointing out. Mm-hmm. We're talking all the way on the backside by the wrist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really, you know, kind of, it butts up to hungry and those same areas, which we were talking about. And it is actually in some of its DNA that they've, they've looked at. It is either the grand child or some sort of, Half sibling with Pinot Noir, really? Yeah. So they they share. I'm going to say this. I'm going to butcher this name. Slavet Slavagen is a parent grape of both Pinot Noir and Grüner Veltliner. Slavagen. Yeah. I'm Savin. Oh, Savigny. Okay. That's how it's pronounced. Savigny. So it's it's very interesting that you know. There's, it's called Gruner Veltliner and there's no actual Veltliner connection Mm -hmm. once they actually got kind of into the um, DNA of it, though it probably was grown in the same regions as those, as Roter Veltliner and Frother Veltliner. Okay. So being gray, that's why it's called Gruner Veltliner. Okay. And like I said, it's, it's done a lot in Austria. It's kind of the place where it's known to be from is Austria. Mm-hmm. And then it can be done in a lot of other places. You know, there's about seven or eight different regions in Austria that are known for growing Gruner. Wachau is one. Another one is Kimtal, Kinsmen, Kimsthral. <laughs> there's actually, um, there's actually a specific, what is it? There's a specific vineyard in Kemptal, I believe, that is known to have these little green geckos that run through the <laughs> <laughs> through the vineyards, uh, the Grüner the Grüner uh vineyards. So, and it's supposed to be some of the best Grüner that you can get. I really like Grüner. It's very affordable. Uh, this bottle is going to be on the upper end, and it'll probably run you somewhere between probably 35 and $45 on the shelf. Okay. But a lot of times you can find Gruners that are, you know, 10 bucks a liter. Yeah. Because <laughs> a lot of times, it's <laughs> okay. another tradition with Gruners that it comes in liters, because it's traditionally table wine. Right. And so a lot of times you'll find them in liters. First one I ever had was actually a liter. It was skeleton. Okay. It was skeleton gruner and it came in a liter bottle and it was nine ninety nine. Oh man. probably Euros. No, it was nine ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents on a shelf. Oh, okay. You oh, know, man. this was years ago, but really? now I mean you probably So go to right. Austria and ask for the the house wine and you might get it, huh? You probably will get Gruner. Okay. If you're now, in can you get Gruner? Does does this grape grow in the United States? It, I don't believe it has a presence in the U.S. I would think maybe the only place would be Washington, Mm. if it even grew. Maybe. The other place it might go is the Finger Lakes of New York. Mm. Somewhere where you can get a lot of those colds, so places where you grow Riesling. Right which you know like you said Washington state would be some mm-hmm. new- finger lakes of new york but a lot of the times i don't i don't think because it's not widely popular it i don't think people would put it in the ground unless it was already there right besides the place i said there's I'm looking at this article and it says there's a few there's a few places in california in the oh, diamond okay. okay so the diamond mountain district which is high elevation uh, that's high elevation in California, in Napa. It's, but it's like a third of an acre. What? So it's really really small. Um, we make two cases. Yeah, I mean that's probably what it is. Or it's used as a blending grape, right? right? Uh, the other places that it says in the United States, mm-hmm. kind of besides where I talked about, are Maryland, Virginia, mm-hmm. New Jersey, <laughs> Pennsylvania. Okay. So these colder. Mm-hmm colder regions and it's also grown it's starting to be grown as an experiment in australia right okay so but in in places that get big diurnal shifts so day to night okay changes robin over here and the reuben sandwich you know i made this big deal about having to dissect the, the, the smash a couple weeks ago. Well, I could dissect this Reuben, because a Reuben, you know, is rye bread. It's got the corned beef. It's got sauerkraut. It's got Thousand Island dressing. And it's got the Swiss cheese. You really ought to try the Swiss cheese, John. Because I think the Swiss cheese may beat out the other two cheeses okay. with this wine. I like a lot of Thousand Island, and that was a mistake, as far as kind of overpowering this wine. You know, Thousand Island what it's. <laughs> I want to say it's it's ketchup and mayonnaise. That's how you make Thousand Island. And that's a base of how <laughs> you make it with with relish. With relish. So that sort of overpowered this wine, but. Without doing the dissecting, okay. Which I already started. The Reuben went really well. Okay. I think the Reuben. I'm gonna have to try it again because the Reuben will probably go well with the peanut more. The carrots. Again, they're block carrots. The potatoes. I love potatoes. I may have to. May have to add some more seasoning to my mixture. They just didn't get much. As much seasoning as I wanted. They went well with this wine. And I haven't tried this, the stout cheese that you described. And I haven't tried the soda bread. Okay. So we've still got several things to try. So I've had the... I just had the corned beef. Now is that just deli corned beef? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And did you boil it again? Yes. Okay. Um, It's good. I think it goes... I think the flavors go really well with this wine. You know, the, the corned flavor matches well with the florality of the wine. The acidity holds up to the meat itself. You don't really lose, you don't really lose the flavor of the corned beef when you're eating it. Mm -hmm. I think it's really good. What'd you say about the uh, stout cheese? It was good. Um, it kind of dissipated really quickly, Mm -hmm. um, on me because it, the cheese itself got really powdery. Right. And it but the stout it just sort of melts in your mouth. Yeah. You said powdery, but I say melt. The stout flavor goes goes pretty well with the with the wine, but the cheese the Irish cheddar is definitely better. Yeah. And I got the soda bread just over at uh, Fresh Market. I had to hunt all over. I couldn't believe it. I went to Grower's. No. Went to Edwards. No. Uh two knows even Uh, About the rye bread, Uh, a Noah Fresh Market, and a Noah Edwards, and finally Kroger's. I mean, I can't believe this time of year you have to hunt like crazy. It's like a treasure hunt. It's not much treasure. But to find what you want is is a treasure hunt. Well, they'll be coming next week. Because when we're recording this, it's over a week before. Well, that's true, but. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I bought some, some corned beef for last week, and it was thirteen ninety nine a pound, and they sliced me off some. I went back, and it's fifteen ninety nine a pound. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well. And that's maybe why the Joyce's, John and Jerry, order things from Ireland. Well, it's also. So they get exactly what they want, the quality they want, and don't have to mess around with trying to find it. Uh, that's probably exactly it. The Irish soda bread is okay with it. The, mm-hmm. the wine gets a little bitter to me with some of that sweetness in the in the soda bread itself, mm-hmm. but it's good. Not my favorite, but it's good. All right. Well, we'll get down to favorites later. <laughs> well, when I was looking for the soda bread, that Edwards, I go, I oh, couldn't find any rabbit in any soda bread. She go in the checkers' those. I don't even know what soda bread is. And I go, okay, got it. (laughs) (laughs) Who? uh, Where was that? Edwards. Oh. You know, how would they know? So that soda bread has, what'd you say? I I get sweetness out of that soda bread. Yeah, and it turns the wine bitter to me. Okay, I'm trying the wine. Oh, yeah. Not real bad, but yes. Yeah. Just enough. All right, so we're going to switch over to Dad's Wine. Dad, why don't you remind us what it is? So it's the uh, Ron Rubin Pinot Noir, and that's uh, in the Russian River ABA. And our food, do I need to go through that again? We no, know what it is. We don't hear the food. So I chose the Pinot Noir because I wanted to see how it went with the corned beef. I don't know why I chose Ron Rubin other than it just came up when I was good. Hmm. So there's some good story about Ron himself. He went to school in University of Davis in, in California. California. And he had this desire, maybe in the back of his mind, to be a vintner. But what really ended up happening, he read a book in 1984. He read this, The Republic of Tea. And, you know, 40 years after that, he's working in in the beverage industry. And he ended up buying River Road Family Vineyards. Wait, he started Republic of Tea? No, he read the book and then he ended up buying it. Buying the company. Buying the company. Yeah. Which is a huge, huge tea company. Yes. For public tea. And so then he ended up buying, you know, I don't know where this guy gets his money, but that's besides his family. Uh, Probably. And then he purchased the River Road Family Vineyards and Winery. And so that's 40 years later. So a lot can happen within 40 years. So, if you go on on the the Ron Rubin website, not only do you see wines, but they sell teas, of course. <laughs> Cause, well, yeah. Yeah, because he's, he's got this whole thing. The River, Russian River Valley AVA, if you don't know where it is, you probably do, Josh. But if you don't know where it is, listeners, it's in the Sonoma County, California area. And it's... Centered on the Russian River, that's a you know, landmark, and the neat thing about that is, there are fifteen thousand acres of vineyard in that area in that AVA, but there's like ninety six thousand acres total. Mm hmm. So it's huge. It's, yeah. It's it is and it's well known for Pinot Noir. Yes. Pinot Noir is the main, the main grape, if you will, but they do grow they do grow others, a lot of others. So you know, like Chardonnays, Chardonnays. yeah, Chardonnays, uh, even even Shiraz. But they, the one, the thing that's really neat is part of that AVA goes within I think it's ten miles of the Pacific Ocean, and so they get that fog, mm-hmm. and so it's really really good for noir. So, have you ever been to Russian River AVA itself? I don't believe so. Well, if you if you make a mistake and you Google Russian River Brewery, you'll <laughs> you'll get a brewery. Joanne and I've been there. Old, that's Old Rasputin. That's right. No, yeah, no, that's North North Coast. Old Rasputin North Coast. I think. But anyway, okay. anyway, anyway, Russian River AVA or Russian River Brewery, we've been there and it's like the, one of these places where they have the board that's got like 30 different choices of beer. Yeah. <laughs> so don't make that mistake if you're looking for wine. If you're looking for beer, go right ahead. So um, have you tried anything yet? Have you tried them? No- so I've had, to, I've, I've taken some right. sips of the wine. It's good it is a heavier bodied pinot noir than some others that i've had which is which is kind of standard for russian river they're they're a little bit bigger cuz i mean we are in california so it's a little bit warmer even though they are they do get the fog mm-hmm. that comes up the valley uh from from the bay that gets you know sonoma and all that as well cuz it is in the Russian river AVA is in Sonoma County. Right. I just, I just had the cheddar with it and it's good. It definitely overpowers the cheddar though, because it's really, really rich red fruit. Mm hmm. Really, like this is a big bodied wine. Right. I think this is going to be the wine that it's going to stand up to your Reuben. Yeah. With bee. all of its flavors. No, not just the corn beef, with the ruby. Right. With all of its big flavors. Cherry, big berry fruit, you know, that whole thing. But that's all I've had so far. And I think the temperature is about right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in 2008, the Russian River Valley accounted for like 19% of all Pinot planted in California. And ten percent of all great varieties planted in Sonoma County, so because it's one of the coolest regions, yeah. So this is you know this is huge, and it's big. It's a big ABA. Oh yeah, I've got a map here of, of California, and you wouldn't believe. It. I mean, it goes, it goes, very well. It goes all the way up wherever the Russian River starts, and comes all the way down, and almost to Santa Monica, Santa Rosa. And then Sonoma, so it's it's just huge. And like I said, about ten miles uh within uh Pacific Ocean. It's really I I really like it. It's <laughs> you know, and one of the things that uh they're doing there too is they they got the the estate itself and, and they're very sustainable and, and I noticed another thing is they they do the fujui design. Feng shui. Feng shui. And it's just, you know, I think they got their stuff together. It's, it's very, very pleasing to... We'll I have to go there, Josh. Yeah. Now, one of the other things that happened is that Ron Rubin bought River Road Family Vineyards. So, this guy must be, you know... This must be. Lots of money. His fa- His family owns a beverage distributor. Okay, well that says and a lot. And he it? and he bought the rights to sell, uh, clearly Canadian sparkling wa- sparkling water to the Southeast United States. So yeah, he's that, made his money, and now he's yeah. Turning that's around and that's around. how he started. That's how he started. He he was uh, he he graduated. He went he went to the east. He did the sparkling water of California or. Canadian sparkling water made his money there, I guess. Lots of money there, and then he just you know his dream came true, and moved moved to uh California. So I, I said it already, I think, but fifteen thousand vineyard acres and seventy vineyards in this AVA. That's just huge. <laughs> maybe we maybe we need a show on the on the AVA Chardonnay Pinot Noir Zinfandel. Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon, Sauvignon Blanc. They've got even Chirac, Pinot grease. <laughs> it sounds it sounds good. And it's, it's got some beautiful pictures here of it. I'm going to have to... You, you want to talk a little bit and I'll do a little eating? Sure. <laughs> All right. I'll try that sandwich you said you thought would go with it. Yeah, I think it, it'll it stand up because it stands up to the corned beef. Mm-hmm. It actually shows off a lot of the fruit when you when you have it. The corned beef is so. How is this corned beef different than last week's? Because it tastes it tastes very different. Did you boil? Point? Did you boil the last week's? No. Okay. No, last week was just sliced. This week's was actually so, in the crock pot with everything else. And that makes a difference, what, right? It does because one of the things it did is it dried out the corned beef. Unfortunately, which which I didn't think it would because there's so much more there's so much water mixture in in the crock pot. Yeah, but you're melting out the fat. Well, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> the wine does well with that, even though it, the meat is kind of dry. This it, is a very, it's a very like it. it it's not acidic, so it's not, it's not acid that's bringing all this. There is some acid, but there's a lot of flavor, and it's light in the body body on it. What's the alcohol on this? 14.3. 14.3? Yeah. Okay. So it's up there, but it doesn't taste that high. It's very, it's very, very well balanced, mm-hmm. I would say, in what they're doing with it. It go, it does go well with with the corned beef though. I think the flavors are really good. I think if if it was a lot more like last week's, it'd be a little bit more pleasurable to eat. Oh, not as dried out. Yeah, I mean it's like it's overwhelming. Right. No, it's fine. It's just you do get all that you do get that flavor. So you did dip, deepen the flavor, yeah, which is really good, and it goes well with this wine. So he's he's got. Um, in his, you know, in their brands, they, they got the one that we we have here, and then they have a Chardonnay, and they have this, I don't know what this brand, you know, in his stable, Pam's Un-Oat Chardonnay, Pam's Un-Oat Cabernet. Which, yeah, usually. It usually spends time in oak. Most red wines spend time in oak. And then over here, the Republic of Tea, he's got the black tea, the, well, it's blackberry, sage, black tea, the pomegranate, green tea. I mean, you you get, and they're all unsweetened. So there's several others here you can choose from. So what are you tasting in the wine? You've been talking a lot about stuff from from the website. What are you tasting in the wine? So I'm getting, I'm getting the red fruit, I'm getting the cherry, the blackberry, I'm getting, um, I haven't really, so I, I nosed it, and I didn't get a whole lot of nose on it. Did you nose it? Uh-huh. I have a hard nose right now. No, I do, too, but, you know, I, I get maybe some, I get, I don't, I don't know why there would be any pepper barrel, but I'm getting that, and I'm getting, um, we've had all these different tastes, so it's hard to know something at the end and go, oh, that's what it is. But yeah, but it's a beautiful, we didn't even talk about how beautiful this wine is. It's beautiful, red, ruby, red, purple, uh, out with a meniscus out at the end. Legs are beautiful. So, you know, it's, I thought it was higher than this 14%. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't taste higher. It's just when you look at the legs, you think, oh, it must be higher. Yeah. Well, fourteen is fourteen is high. <laughs> is that high for a Pinot? Yeah. Okay. It's high for wine in general. I mean, usually anything above fourteen is considered high alcohol in oh, okay. wine. You know, it's warming up, and like I said, this is a warm climate for Pinot Noir, mm-hmm. in the sense of like what it is normally like. So, because of that, you're going to get a lot more sugar. You're going to get a lot of depth of flavor, like that deep, rich flavor. And because you're getting more sugar, you have more sugar to metastasize for the yeast to metastasize and make alcohol with. So, that's okay. why it's at 14, 14.5. 14, okay. Okay. I mean, mine was 12. Oh, really? Hmm? Uh, it tasted harder than that to me. What, how did it taste higher than that? I don't what, know. What, ta- was, what made it taste? It was, it was, it was pin me down. No, I'm curious. I mean, I, you, I, you made the it, statement, it, it, so well, I'm asking just, the question. It was just, the residual sugar seemed lower. And that's, sometimes to me, that's an indication that the alcohol is higher. So, do you taste residual sugar on this? Because neither of these have residual sugar, I bet. I bet so. Yeah, I didn't look that up. Okay, got me. It's not, a, it's not, I'm not trying to get you. I'm trying to just get you to talk about the wines. Yeah. Because that's a pretty big statement to say that you're tasting more alcohol. And I'm just curious of why, what, what makes you think that way? Okay. Let's, let's put a car in there. We'll figure it out.
1: <laughs> no, it's, it's a, not bad. It's just, no, a, it's a
0: conversation point. I know. I know. So yours was 12. This is 14. So really that's not enough difference to even worry about. Now, did you try the uh, soda bread with this? I have not. Okay. I haven't yet. I've been just drinking. It's really good wine, so I've just been drinking the wine. Can mm-hmm. I actually Can I have some more? Mm-hmm. So, I think some of that pepper that you're getting, Dad, yeah. that you're talking about is because they ferment in French oak. Yeah. So, you're getting some of that oaky flavor while it's fermenting, and it's in, which is really good. But it's it's stemmed which, which is kind of surprising to me because I thought that was, I thought that was another place you were gonna get some of that, that, tanniny kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So when you and Joe and I think Jeff went to California, uh-huh, did you go to this AVA? No. So you went to Santa Rosa? Uh, no, no. We did not. I did not go to Santa Rosa with them. Okay. They may have gone. When I've gone with them, we've done Southern, Central, and Southern California. Okay, we've done mo- we've done Central Coast twice. Okay, so down near San Brian. San San Luis Obispo and Santa Barbara. Okay, and then we've done uh, Paso a couple times. So those are the California AVAs that I've been to with them. With Marie, I've done Sonoma and parts of Napa. Okay. We never, and the Anderson Valley. We never got up into the Russian River AVA. We were always south of it. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, the map shows it just runs all the way down. Well, it's it, really it's, far south as well. Right, but there's a part of Sonoma, the Sonoma mm-hmm. AVA, that is not the Russian River Valley. Correct. So, like, where Chug and Jacuzzi and Ravenswood and uh, Gloria Frear, where all those are, I, those are not Mm-mm. Those are not Russian River. And right. that's as far north right. in, in the Sonoma County that I've been. And then in the Napa Valley, you know, that's the other side of the mountain anyway. So I like the aspect of that it's close, part of it, close to the Pacific, which means that climate in that area is cool morning fog. And can be, who knows what global warming is doing. I mean, all this snow has been crazy. But, you know, the cooling influence of the fog and temperatures dropping into the 35, 40 Fahrenheit range for daytime. Right. So, this grape loves that. This grape does love colder growing seasons. That That's why, like, the Russian River is one of the colder growing regions in California. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I think is it pro- that it produces more Pinot Noir, some of the most Pinot Noir in California is because of its climate and its size. Mm-hmm. Anderson Valley, which is much more northern, mm-hmm. makes a ton of Pinot Noir. It's just not as big of a region. Okay. So what do you think of the other food you've eaten? Well, the I think you nailed it and you didn't even try it, I don't think. But that Reuben. And this wine were perfect. Mm-hmm. They went so well together. And it was all those different flavors. And you need to just snag a piece of that Swiss cheese and try it with this wine. Okay. so Why? I think you'd be Well, I think you'd be surprised. Because these other two cheeses go better with your wine than with mine. And I think the Swiss cheese goes better with this Okay. Why? Why? Um let's see. I think it's more um Swiss cheese, what? Is it a more creamy cheese? These others you, it's know, a, you said what? It's a more neutral cheese. Well it is. But the you said about that stout cheese, it was what was your words? Mm. It fell apart and did something kind of became dusty dusty was your word yeah and this wine doesn't need the dusty it's already doesn't already have dustiness but and your your wine i think your wine went you said better with the with the iris cheddar right yeah i'd agree i think it did too and then i'm really disappointed i'm gonna have to do something didn't mean to dry that dry that corned beef out, but uh, and I, I didn't have enough spices. So I think if you were to get the if you were to get the spices right or not right, but more imbalanced from what you're saying about the potatoes and the carrots mm-hmm. and the cabbage, I think if you did a bite of it all, like I think if you did a bite of the corned beef with the cabbage, I think that would. That would be a different experience. Mm-hmm. And I think it would go better with with this wine than it would with mine. Mm-hmm. The this, this soda bread is really good with this wine, though. I agree. I agree. It's got just enough sweetness to go with the wine. And you said the sweetness for your wine or the soda bread just overpowered it and made the wine bitter. This as sweet on sweet, and they just complemented each other mm mm-hmm. so the the soil in this area that this is kind of amazing too the The soil in this area was like an old like prehistoric ocean, yeah, so that soil was rocky, sandy, and there's actually clay deposits now. And so this, this soil, I think, complements how this Pinot Noir is growing. And, you know, the volcanic ash that's down in there somewhere. Well, while I'm tasting the wine, you might as well start looking up a kayak for your flights to California to go visit. <laughs> <laughs> right. The AVA on your next trip. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, I mean, after Italy, of course. Because that's coming up soon. April. So, uh, would you take a bottle of this to the Joyce's party? I may have to. I only bought one. Will you take a bottle of mine? I may have to. (laughs) You giving it away? (laughs) No, I'm not (laughs) giving it away. Of course not. All right. Well, I think it is time for best on plate. Okay, I'm going to let you go first. All right. So, we'll start with my wine. I think the best thing with my wine was honestly the corned beef okay, you were, you were trashing it, saying how dry it was. But I think the flavors worked really, really well together. That florality mm-hmm. worked really well. The soda bread was a little sweet, but I could see how, like, with the corned and cabbage, that that would be a good match for the wine. So, I'm gonna have to say that I agree with you, and I thought the cabbage was gonna do it with your wine. But like I said during the show, it was like blah. But that Irish cheddar went well with your wine. It didn't overpower it. It didn't, it didn't make either, you know, it didn't make the wine bitter or anything like the soda bread did. Yeah. So that's my best on plate for your wine. Okay. So what is your best on plate then with your wine? The best on plate for my wine is is the Reuben, okay? and it's a, just that whole combination of, you know, the cheese, the Thousand Island, the root, the the meat itself, the, you know, the sauerkraut's kind of funky, with any cheese or any wine, anything, you know. But you, you have to do the whole meal deal. <laughs> yeah, of course. You can't just throw out the sauerkraut and say, okay, I'm not going to do that on the sandwich. Mm-hmm. But and the sauerkraut didn't make it too bitter or anything. But that was the best on the plate. It really went well. My favorite was the Irish soda bread for this one. Yeah. Well, that was second. I mean, it, second. It one. went really well with the corned beef as well. Not to not to say it didn't go well with anything. But so what we need to do, Josh, is we need to pause it. I'm gonna go cut some more soda bread. <laughs> We're gonna touch the soda bread. We're going to put the corned beef on top of it. I don't know if we need any kind of spread at all. Maybe a little butter. Of course some Irish butter. I don't have Irish butter, but butter. And I should have bought Irish butter. Should, oh, man. You should have what? told me. Oh, I've got God. some at the house. Oh. <laughs> but we can start over. <laughs> right there. So for me, what, why that hit me the best is it was like really good cherry. Jam on that Irish soda bread, like yeah, it was so like just it was that dark that like jammy fruit dark richness. mm -hmm. Not that the fruit was jammy in the wine, but that it kind of translated over into that with that sweetness of the soda bread, and it was it was was really really good. So now, which wine are you taking, or are you taking both to your St. Patrick's Day party? Well, knowing who's going to be at my St. Patrick's Day party. Which is Jordan. It would we're, probably be the red wine. Because we're, we're, yeah, she will not she she drink, drink white wine. And you might as well just bring the Irish whiskey. Uh, but I think if I were to take one for me to a party, kind of like you're talking about with the Joyce's, mm-hmm. I would probably take the Gruner. Because... The variety of foods that are at a party like this, mm-hmm. I love how versatile the Gruner is. You know, there were bright spots kind of all over the place. Right. Except sweet things. hmm So, and the other thing why I'm going to take it is most people probably won't drink it, so I'll drink get a drink more of it. You get, you get <laughs> at least half of it. Well, and when we go to the Joyce's party, uh, they don't do exactly what we got here they don't they don't do a rumen but they do the Guinness stout stew stew, which your wine which my wine would just be a killer for that would be fantastic yeah Yeah. the the Gruner would not I was actually kind of worried that you were going to have Guinness stew and that the wine like the Gruners weren't going to work at all they would not work because they would just be killed by everything well what was your best on play for the growing? Was the corned beef. Okay. Well okay. that has to do with more of the spices and the corning of itself rather than the beef part of. It. All right, Dad. Well I think it's time for you to go pour up a blind for me. All right, I'm ready. Let's go. Pour it up. Okay. Here we go. Uh Malbec. <laughs> Alright, Malbec, we'll, we'll no, I'm uh, kidding. see you I'm guys kidding. next week, and uh, <laughs> we'll see if Josh is correct, or if he's not correct. Uh, oh, I'm totally kidding. I haven't even picked, a, I haven't even picked up the glasses. <laughs> it's been a Malbec quite a bit, so just thought I'd give it a shot in the dark. <laughs> but no, here we go. Alright, it is a red wine. There is no evidence of gas or sediment. Could be Malbec, it's red. It is red. That was part of the joke. Um, which was mostly for him because <laughs> anyway, legs on this are kind of medium, but we got a clean glass here. So I'm going to say I'll uh, confirm my alcohol guess once I start tasting it. All right, let's give it a nose. All right, it is a clean wine. It is presenting a little bit more earthy on the front, but I am working with allergy nose today so I could miss some things on the nose. So I'm going to say there's there's definitely red fruits here. And not a whole lot going on on the nose. Yeah, there's not a whole lot going on on the nose. So it's got some like red bramble fruit. So kind of raspberry-ish, almost some blackberry. Definitely more bramble fruit there. There's some... Earthiness going on, but not a whole lot presenting itself on the nose. So I'm going to go ahead and taste it. All right, so this wine is dry. It's lean with a texture. Ooh, acid is up there. Tannins are, I'd say, medium plus. They're very much teeth tannins here. Yeah. Tannins are definitely medium plus to high. Yeah, tannins are medium plus to high here. Kind of confirming what I said on the nose. It's definitely driven more by the earth. There's some light florality here. And definitely driven by the earth flavor. You know, kind of turned earth, fresh earth kind of thing. There's some barniness on it. Not a whole lot. I like this wine. It's good. Alcohol's not very high. I think it's probably 13-ish range. Somewhere between 13 and 14. It is... Like I said, the bramble fruits, blackberries, raspberries, really kind of fresh feeling on the fruit. But it's really driven by the earth. And you have those baking spices from the barrel. It says lean in the mouth. Color wise, it is kind of more of that rich ruby red color. Definitely rich ruby red, kind of going out to that normal meniscus. In this particular glass, not really seeing any staining involved. So. Into the grapes that this could be, I think we're looking at. It could be a Nebbiolo. We could be looking at a Sangiovese as well. I don't think we're looking at Pinot Noir. Uh, We could be looking in the realm of some sort of blend with Merlot, kind of base. So I'm kind of leaning that this might be a little bit more old world, being driven a little bit more by the. By the earthiness and also the tannins being where they are, plus the acidity and the like, the body being not as big and as in your face as I would expect from a New World wine. So possible countries here we're looking at Spain, Italy, and France. Actually, not Spain. We're just looking at Italy and France here. <laughs> Definitely not Spain. Not enough oak presence to be Spain. Mm. Okay. Due to the tannins which are present, the lighter body, the full flavor, higher acid, medium alcohol, and really this like driven earth with florality and a backbone of bramble fruit. Oh, I've been saying this a lot. I think this is a Nebbiolo based wine. I think it's coming from the northern part of Italy in the Piedmont area and i think this is barbaresco over barolo so that's where i'm landing <laughs> nebbiolo i think it is a barbaresco which is a nebbiolo a nebbiolo okay. wine from northern part of italy all right and come back next week to find out how correct or incorrect i'm going to be did you say merlot no i mean i did i did <laughs> I did throw out a possible Merlot blend. Okay. No, but I don't, I don't think, with the tannins Mer- and everything. Nebbiolo, Barresco, Italy, Piemonte. Uh, you got a year on it? Uh, uh, never mind. 2017. It doesn't matter. I'll, I'll say it's 2017. Okay. All right. And come back next week to find out whether I am correct or whether I am not correct. <laughs> Oh, well. And next week is going to be a beer week. So, Dad, what beers are we going to do? So, I said we ought to do some stouts. I mean, you know, everybody loves stouts with their uh, St. Patty's Day. It'll be after St. Patty's Day, but that doesn't mean we can't do stouts. So, I'm thinking stout. Okay. Have you figured out what you're doing? I haven't yet because I've got to see if this stout is still available in the state. But what stout are you going to be doing? Well, I don't know if it's available either, but I'm doing the <laughs> the I'm hoping for the the uh Prairie Artisan Chocolate Noir stout. Oh, Prairie Chocolate Noir stout. If it's not, uh I'll find there's other prairie stouts. There are a lot. Not, I, I don't think I'll do the pre bomb. <laughs> that would be, like, too crazy. But if I had to, I would. As long as I can put my hands on it, I'm going to do the left-hand Irish stout. So, kind of sticking with the the theme here. If I can't find... You're going to do the right-hand Irish stout. <laughs> oh, Uh, no, but that would be funny if I could find a right, right hand Irish stout. No, I'm going to be doing the obsidian stout from Deschutes Brewing. Oh, I hope you can find it. Uh, I know I can find that one. I know I can put my hands on. But you're going to look for the left hand. But I'm going to try to do the left hand Irish stout to fit with that kind of Irish, Irish thing. Or the Deschutes Brewing is your backup. Yep. Sounds good. All right. So... Thank you guys for staying along with us here, it, with us for this wonderful. We hope you've had a wonderful time with us. If you enjoy what we're doing, please get out there and give us a like, follow on your favorite podcast platform as well as your favorite social media platform. Unless it's Twitter, because we're not quite out there on Twitter, uh, but we are out there on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. We'd love to have some stars and reviews on your favorite podcast platform. And if you just want to send us an email, acquiredtastings at gmail.com. So, Dad, Sláinte, and another good one. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Sláinte. Cheers. For all of us here at Acquired Tastings, once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Have a good time. Thank you, and goodbye.